Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Good morning. All right, how's everybody doing this morning? Amen. Glad to have you in the house. I have the opportunity to minister to you this morning. It is such an honor to be up here. I'm, I'm excited for the word. Been studying and preparing for this. I just want to give honor to Pastor Dan and Sister Andrew. Right now, if they're watching, we just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for the opportunity. As always, it's such an honor to be up here. Uh, we love you guys. We miss you guys. We hope that you guys are getting uh, rest and ready to come back when you guys uh, get back. Amen. Give them a round of applause. This morning, I'm going to continue in the return series. Somebody say return. return. Listen, uh, as we get into this, we're going to, it's going to be, because it's a prodigal son, it's a story that Jesus told, we're going to go off uh, the previous weeks, amen? We're going to, to lay a foundation. But today, I'm going to say, ask you a question. Have you ever been unsatisfied in life? Yeah. Right? Have you ever been unsatisfied? Have you ever been discontent in life? Maybe in your job? Maybe in your, um, in physically, maybe spiritually, maybe relationally. Don't say if it's relationally if your spouse is sitting right next to you, okay? Because you don't want to say you're unsatisfied with that, amen? Listen, Pastor Dan opened up this series with discontentment in the Father's house, right? Being discontent, there's nothing wrong with it, amen? It's okay to be unsatisfied, but how we go about it will determine whether it's a blessing or it's a curse. Pastor Nick preached last week uh, on a message of wanting more. Usually when we're discontent, usually when we're unsatisfied, it comes from a place of wanting more in life. Amen? You can't... We see the prodigal son. He was discontent. Even though he had everything he needed, everything he had, everything he wanted in the father's house, he was discontent. He was in a place of wanting more. But how he went about it determined if it was a blessing or a curse. Amen? So how we go about it will determine whether it's something good or we use it for something bad. The prodigal son was unsatisfied. Would you do me a favor? Would you stand to your feet as we get started this morning? We're going to read out of Luke 15, 11 through 13. It says, to illustrate the point even further, Jesus told him this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. Sounds pretty harsh, right? How many parents in the house? Amen. Your, your kid says that. That sounds kind of harsh. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. Amen. We see it right here that he was discontent. He wanted more. And when he, when he got what he wanted, he wasted it in wild living. It became a curse. Today we're going to talk about season of fun. Somebody say season of fun. Season of fun. Sounds good, right? Oh, I want a season of fun. Yeah, let's do this. Let's talk about a season of fun. But in reality, a season of fun is really a season of sin when we're talking about the prodigal son. Amen. Let's, let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for your word, God. We thank you just for what you're going to do through your word, Lord. I thank you for everybody here this morning, God, that it's not by accident that they're here. 
Lord, that it's not their neighbor that needs this word this morning, but it's them. It's me. Those online, God, it's not the person sitting next to them, to the right or to the left that needs this word this morning, God. It's them, Lord. We all can benefit from this word, God, because it applies to all of us. So I pray that our hearts would be open and that we would be ready to receive and apply your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. A season of fun, which is really sin for a season. Right? Because how many know that sin only is only fun for a season? Right? Don't get, don't get religious on me. Sin is fun for a season. If sin wasn't fun, nobody would be doing it. Right? Sin can be pleasurable at times. It can be fun. Right? Some people are looking at me like, wait, what are you talking about, Pastor? It's not. Sin isn't fun. That's from the devil. All right? But it, it is pleasurable. Amen? It can be pleasurable. That's why we struggle with it at times. Luke eleven twelve says... The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. I want my inheritance. Pastor Nick said it last week. In other words, the son was saying, I wish you were dead, right? Because you only get an inheritance when somebody passes away and they pass it down to you. So the son was saying, I wish you were dead to his father. Ouch, right? My kids in that back row over there better not ever tell me they want their whatever belongs to them before I die because I'm going to tell them to... Hit the road. <laughs> Send them packing with nothing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> See, any blessing that we get before it's time, any blessing that we get that we're not ready to handle in life can become a curse. Right? You give a car to a, a teenager that they're not ready for, it can become a curse. You bless somebody with money that they're not ready for, it can become a curse. I, I, I tell my kids, I, maybe that's why you're struggling to get your license right now because you guys want to drive fast. I mean, maybe the Lord's telling you guys to slow down a little bit. I just put them on blast, but I just thought about that when I said car. You know, I love you guys. <laughs> you see, his request didn't just show that he was uh, uh, wanting to live a rebellious life, that he wanted his blessing so he can waste it sinfully, but his request also showed that he wanted to, uh, his rebellious nature, it showed that he wanted to live independently from his father's will. Right. How many times do we do the same? God bless me with that job. God bless me with the family. God restore my marriage. God uh, bring my kids back into my life. God, let me get that promotion. And then we do it. We get it. And then we turn our back on God. We decide to live independently from God. Right. We want the blessings, but we don't want the blesser. So it showed his, his, it showed his rebellious nature that he wanted to live independently from the Father's will. And we can struggle with that ourselves at times. Amen? God bless me with that house. If you can just open up that door, and then you get the house, and it takes you away from spending time with God. Now you can't make it to church on Sundays or Wednesdays. Amen? It was his rebellious nature to live independently from his Father's will. You see, we will never come to a point in our walk where we live, we're going to live independently from God. We will never come to our point in our walk, even after this life. We're not going to be living independently. We're always going to depend upon the Father's will. We're always going to depend upon the Father's presence in our life. That was a good place to clap. Thank you all four of you for clapping this morning. You're awake. Come on, pinch your neighbor this morning. Wake them up. Come on, wake them up. Pastor Kat said it this morning. We need to wake up this morning. Amen? We will never live independently. There will never be a time in our lives, here or after, that we're going to live independently from the Father's presence. We're always going to need his presence. 
And it's a good thing. Luke eleven thirteen says, a few days later, somebody say few days. This younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. A few days. Right? That shows that he knew what he was going to do when he got the inheritance. Because it didn't take long. Right? It didn't take long. You give your parents, you give your kids access to something. Right? You give your kids the, my daughter just asked me if she could have Instagram. Oh, I didn't know I was going to put you guys on blast this morning. But <laughs> my daughter asked if she could have Instagram recently, and I, and I said, yeah, right? I try to keep them away from uh, certain things, social media, because I, I used to work with youth in, in the school district, and I see how social media can be a problem for some. Not all. Some are stronger than others, all right? For some, if there's any kids, don't look at your parents right now, because <laughs> that's not me, Mom. That's not me, Dad. But... Sometimes you give them something, and then a few days later, they end up neglecting it, right? You give them freedom, and they neglect it. You give them access to something, or you allow them to do something, and they end up neglecting it. A few days later, it didn't take him long to know what he was going to do with that inheritance. The prodigal son knew exactly what he was going to do with it, and we do too when it comes to sin, right? There's no such thing as, I just fell into it. I don't know how it happened, right? We, we know exactly what we're going to do while we're on our way to do it, right? Uh, uh, while we get up or we're looking at our phone, we're going to do it. Like, we know exactly what we're going to do, just like the prodigal son, when we commit sin. There's no just falling into it. There's no such thing as, I don't know how it happened. Or have you ever heard this? The devil made me do it. All right? That is, that's funny, right? But some people are serious when they say, no, I don't know how I did. The devil made me do it. You know, I'm not lying. The devil made me do it, right? Listen, he packed all his belongings, right? He, he, he moved away to a distant land. He, he wasted all his money on wild living, right? But he knew what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing, what he was going to do with it. He fell into sin. Amen? Somebody say distant land. He separated himself, right? Just like us. When we fall into sin, we begin to separate ourselves. We don't want to be around the people that can hold us accountable. We don't want to be in God's presence anymore because of the conviction. So we try to drown it out. We try to separate ourselves so that we can enjoy what we're doing. Right? A season of sin. I know the people in my circle are the people around me that aren't living right when they begin to separate themselves, right? No longer texting, no longer checking in, no longer coming to service, right? You know when you're not doing right, you begin to separate yourself. But, but as you separate, the further you separate yourself from, because you can separate yourself from people, but the further you separate yourself from God's presence, the worse you become. Amen? But I got news for you. God is omnipresent. That means he's everywhere at all times. I always said that God being omnipresent can be both comforting and convicting. It can be like, God, I, I thank you that you, you never leave me. No matter where I am, you never leave me. I thank you for that, that, that I find comfort in that. But sometimes you can find conviction in that. Like, oh, God, you're with me right now. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm doing right now. Right? On the way to church, somebody cuts you off. (laughs) 
I drive in from out of town, an hour, it's an hour and a half, sometimes on a good day, it's an hour and 10 minutes. That, I'm driving the speed limit though, right? But, uh, uh, and it's easy, to, it's easy to fall into the, the road rage. Man, that's a crazy, right? Commuter life, that's a crazy thing because people cut you off and you, know, you just wanna show them the way to heaven. Pray for them. Pull over so we can pray for you, my brother. <laughs> All right, I'm getting off track here. <laughs> the further we separate ourselves from the Father, the worse we become. Scripture goes on to say that he moved to a distant land and wasted all his money in sinful living, in wild living. He was dis discontent in the Father's house and he wanted more, yet he lacked nothing. Why do we leave God's presence? Why do we come to God and then find ourselves walking away when we know we lack nothing in the presence of God. Why at times do, does God bless us, open up the door, and then yet we still turn our backs on him, just like the prodigal son. See, we are all the prodigal sons in this room because we've all done it. You might not be in that place right now, but we've all done it. Even if you haven't done it, the Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of his glory. We're all sinners, amen? James uh, 1, 14 through 16 says, why did he do it? This is what we're going to talk about. James 1, 14 through 16. Temptation comes from our own desires. Somebody say own desires. Own desires. Which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. He was led away by his own desires. He had everything he wanted in the father's house. He had everything he wanted in his father's presence, but he was led away by his own desires. You see, the devil made me do it is, is a cop out, right? Because the devil can't make you do anything. It's your own desires that drag you away. It's your own sinful desires that take you away from God's presence. Amen. And we might be thinking, oh, sinful desires like, oh, well, I'm not addicted. You know, I'm not having an affair. I'm married, but what about sinful desires in wanting more and putting that before God, right? Wanting more things, right? If I could just get that house, if I could just get that boat, if I could just uh, get more cars, and then these things take you away from God, it becomes a sinful desire. You see, just like the days of Adam and Eve, they desired something that God told them not to eat of. They had everything they wanted in the presence of God. They had everything they wanted and the one thing that they couldn't have, they desired it. Amen. And just like the days of Adam and Eve, we've been playing, we've been desiring things that God is telling us to stay away from, but because we're, we're told to stay away from it, we desire it even more and then we're enticed by our own desires and it pulls us away from God. Right. And just like the days of Adam and Eve, we begin to play the blame game. Right. The devil made me do it. My spouse made me do it. God, you know, those kids you gave me, you know how hard it is. My kids, <laughs> my brother's back there testifying right now. <laughs> and kids made me do it. Right. But listen, if we never take responsibility for our actions, change will never happen. Amen? Amen. Amen. We'll, we'll always be pointing the finger. 
will always be playing the blame game. But it's time to grow up, it's time to take responsibility, and it's time to make a change. Amen? Amen. Let me see. You guys still with me this morning? Amen. All right. We read about the, the parable of the lost coin and the lost sheep. It refers to it as the coin being lost and then found, right? The sheep, it refers to it being lost and found. Even though the son is being referred to as lost and found as well, it also refers to being dead and alive. Somebody say dead and alive. Dead and alive. I just want to wake you guys up this morning. You ain't dead this morning, right? You guys are awake, amen? Why does it refer to the lost son being dead and alive? Because when we follow our own desires, our sinful desires, sin has a way of killing us spiritually, sometimes even physically, right? When sin is allowed to grow in our lives, it eventually leads to death, both spiritually and physically, right? It might not happen all of a sudden, but it can happen all the time. Sin is fun for a season, so how do we choose God over our own desires? I'm glad you asked. 11, 24, Hebrews 11, 24 through 26 says, It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Right? Sin is pleasurable, but only for a moment. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasure of Egypt for he was looking ahead to his great reward. Why do we choose our own desires over God sometimes? Right? Moses had the same struggle. Sin is pleasurable, but for a moment. I'm not up here to promote sin this morning. Right? The word of God says that it is pleasurable, but it only lasts a moment. Right? You ever mess up in life? You ever mess up? While uh, having a relationship with God, you ever mess up and be like, God, oh, why did I do that? I never thought I would turn back to that. I never thought I would do that again. And, and you get this feeling inside. I've been there. It's just like a gut check. And I like, just felt so unclean, so unworthy, right? I didn't feel like that when committing the act of sin, but I felt like that right afterwards Committing that act. Some of you guys are like, what did you do, Pastor? <laughs> I wonder what he did. <laughs> God knows. Amen. <laughs> if sin wasn't pleasurable, nobody would do it. Nobody would struggle with it. We wouldn't need God and his strength and his presence to help us overcome temptations in life if it wasn't pleasurable. It says, by faith, Moses refused. By faith, we have to choose God's will over our own, or God's will over what the world gives us. Moses had to make a choice. He didn't settle for temporary pleasure. Wouldn't it have been just easier for Moses just to, well, God must want me here because he blessed me, right, to, have, to be the son of, of Pharaoh's uh, a daughter or Pharaoh's sister, right? He blessed me to be in this position. So you know what? I, I know I'm at, for, I'm at for a reason. I'm here for a reason. I'm just going to enjoy this lifestyle while I'm here. But here and there, I'll talk to Pharaoh. Don't be too rough on them, right? I, I, I'll let him know since I'm close to him. I'll let him know uh, what he's doing is wrong. But I'm still going to stay here, right? Some of us do that sometimes. 
We want the comfortable way out. We want the easy way out. But it says that Moses chose by faith to follow God's will. Right? Following God's will is not going to always be easy. I tell my kids all the time, you guys are in high school, it's, it's hard to be different. When everybody else is doing wrong, it's hard to be different. It's hard to be the light in a dark place. I get it. It's easier. It's much easier for us to live like everybody else is living. It's not easy to live according to God's will, but it's possible and it's worth it. Amen. We have to stop trading in our, our inheritance for temporary pleasure because that's what it is, right? We trade in marriage for sex. We trade in restoration for addiction. We trade in freedom for bondage. You see, God wants us to be married, but we keep running to sex instead. God wants us to be free, but we keep getting ourselves in bondage instead. We have to stop trading in our inheritance for temporary pleasures. Amen? I wrote down uh, right here, I wasn't sure if I was going to share, but I, we, we trade in God's will for the American dream. Right? And yeah, I just got looked at weird right now, but like, what does that mean? <laughs> I preached the message a few years ago about how, Christian, how the American dream can kill Christianity. Because we tend to want the job, want the family, want the house, want the dog. Don't hate on my dog, Chico. Right, we love our dog. <laughs> uh, we want the American dream. We live for retirement versus God's will. So we trade in God's will for the American dream. Right? We get comfortable in life. And, and not like Moses. Moses looked ahead. And sometimes we're too focused on here and now. And we begin to relax. We begin to want to live a comfortable life. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having those things. Like I said, I have a dog myself, and we love that dog, and my wife spoils him. She's such a, a, a dog mom lately. I'm like, man, every time, he's always on medicine now. Ever since you've been <laughs> involved with it, like, he, he's, he needs this, he needs that. Yesterday, he got some shots, right, and just spoils him, spoils him. Anybody have any dogs in the house? Right here, yeah. yeah, right? Love your, love your pets, love your dogs, right? Uh, that, it's a good thing, right? There's nothing wrong with having these things. There's nothing wrong with the house. We recently... Uh, last year, got blessed with our first home, so we're homeowners now. Amen. And, and I thought about this, too, because I was putting a walkway in our front yard uh, that my wife wanted with, out of bricks in the front yard. And, and when I was done, I looked, sat back, and I looked, and I was like, man, this, it's nice. You know, I'm not to brag, but, you know, it, I did pretty good for my first time, right? And uh, my wife was happy about it. She was excited. And I kind of thought for a moment, like, man, we're living the American dream, Right? And it's easy to get comfortable in that. It's easy to, you know, want, not want to commute, want to relax and enjoy what God blessed me with. But then the blessing becomes a curse because I'm no longer focusing on God's will. Amen? Amen. We, keep trading our temp we keep trading in our inheritance for temporary blessings. If I could have the worship team, man, we're, we're going to close early up here. If I could have the worship team help me out, Brother Seth, I appreciate it. You see, by faith, Moses refused to settle for temporary pleasures, and he chose to do God's will over enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Sin is only pleasurable for a season. Amen? Amen. Come on, you guys still with me? Amen. 
We're getting ready to close. You should get excited right now. I'm getting ready to go eat after this. Who's hungry? Come on. <laughs> Let's get excited for God's word. You see, at the age of 17, and I'll share a little testimony after this, but at the age of 17, I had a drug overdose. And in that overdose, I, I, I seen the light, right, so to speak. I, I seen the light, snapped out of it. Nobody was going to church in my family. Nobody was serving God. I didn't have any examples like that, but I felt the need to go to church. I felt the need to serve God, to do something different. And, and so I went, and I started serving God, and my life changed immediately. Amen. And I would like to say that it just happened right then and there. But as soon as hardships came, as soon as things got tough, I went back to what I was doing before. And for 10 years, that was even worse than before. For 10 years, I ran. I ran from God. For 10 years, I set off to a distant land, living sinfully. 10 years. So much heartache. I lost my family. I lost my finances, lost my dignity, character, almost lost my life a few times. Got tattoos all over my face, all over my neck. They're not there no more, thank God, because of laser surgery. Amen. But I was just worse off than before. So for 10 years, I ran. And it's only by the grace of God that I'm here today. Amen. Sin is always fun, but only for a moment. It started off fun. It started off pleasurable. It numbed the pain. But it only lasted for a moment. So I had to get deeper and deeper into the sin to try to cover up what was really going on inside of me. But by God's grace, not only am I here, you're here today. You see, God knew exact where you should be exactly on this day. Those of you online as well, God knew you should be here today. It's by his grace. You might not have ran for 10 years. You might not have uh, did the drugs or uh, was, worse, was worse than me or at that same level, but some of us ran. Some of us separated ourselves. But what's it costing you? Or what did it cost you? Your peace, your freedom, your family, your life, your health. What about God's plans for your life? Right? Because sometimes it, it, life gets too hard uh, living for God and you begin to separate yourself because you're like, it just doesn't work and it's just so hard. I see everybody else advancing. I see everybody else prospering. But what about me? I'm, I feel like I'm always struggling and I'm living for you, God. Have you given up God's way for your own way? You see, Moses was looking ahead. You know, I, I wanted to say this this morning as well. I always refer back to my past because I know God's brought me out of some uh, major things, right? And, man, if I, if I can stand up here and testify, I'll be up here for a while because God has done some amazing things in my life. I mean, full custody of my kids once I got back on track. And we're not talking one kid, we're talking six. Right? <laughs> my triplets, they just turned 18 the other day. They were newborns when God changed my life this last time. 
God gave me the strength to raise the kids, put a roof over our heads, food on the table, Amen. right? I became child support free within that time. Um, I've gotten my record expunged within that time, right? Became a homeowner within that time. Became a pastor within that time. Come on. And I've gotten married within that time. Following God is worth it. Choosing God like Moses did is worth it. Stop settling for temporary pleasures over God's will. Sin is fun, but it's only for a season, right? Let's, let's run back to God. Let's, let's come back home. Some of you might be in a distant land because of your own desires. Others of, you, others of you might be in a distant land because you've been hurt in life. You've been hurt by somebody that you love. You've been hurt by somebody in the church. And instead of dealing with that pain or instead of allowing God, trusting him to help you be healed from that pain, you begin to run and separate yourself from him. Right? You might not be separated from God because of sin, but you might be separated from God because of hurt, because of undoubt with issues. And I believe that God is saying this morning, come back home. Come back home. It's time to be healed. It's time to be restored. It's time to be forgiven. Amen? Amen. Would you do me a favor? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? You see, this morning you might be separated because of your own desires. Or you might be separated because you've been hurt, because you've been wounded. You don't want to allow God into your heart. You might feel, those of you online, that you've tried it already and it just didn't work. Again, God is saying, come back home. Or maybe you're separated because you're in a place of complacency. You're in a place of comfortability. You're complacent with where you're at. You're not, you don't have that fire any longer. You're following your own will and not God's will. You come to church, but you're still separated. God's calling you home. God wants you to return this morning. He wants to love on you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to restore you. He wants to redeem you. You see, none of us in here would ever, I, I don't think, would ever call up a debt collector and try to pay a bill that's already been paid. Right? Jesus paid the cost for our sins. But as we continue to sin and fall into that, it's like bringing up an old debt that's already been paid for. The debt's been paid for. It's time to come back home. If you are here and you don't have a relationship with God, we want to pray for you. If you can raise your hand so we can pray for you over that relationship, those of you online as well, we just want to restore the relationship you have with God. Maybe you've been discontent. Maybe you've been far away. Maybe you separated yourself. And you know that God has so much more for you. Maybe you're here to the, today. We want to pray for you as well. Or maybe you've been hurt and you feel yourself further away from God. Maybe there's some wounds that need to be dealt with today. We want to pray for you as well. If you can raise your hand on any of those calls, we just want to pray for you. We want to acknowledge you. Amen. Father, I thank you for the hands lifted up this morning. You see the hands and most of all, you see the heart.
And I thank you, Lord, for touching them this morning. I thank you, Lord, that it's time for them to come back home. It's time for them to renew what you've already created them for, Lord. It's time for them to be on fire once again. It's time for them to pursue you, God, over their own desires. Thank you, Lord, for the hands lifted up. Lord, I see more hands going up. Thank you. God sees those hands. God knows exactly where you're at right now. Lord, we thank you, Lord. God, those of them that raise their hand for salvation, uh, the word says in Romans 10, 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you shall be saved. Today, salvation is yours. Today, you will be restored to relationship with him. So, Father, we thank you for restoration. We thank you that you died on the cross for us. We declare with our mouth, we confess that you are Lord and Savior of our lives. And we invite you back in. Thank you that you are calling us back home to relationship. Thank you, Jesus, that you didn't just pay the price on the cross for our sins, but you also paid the price for us to be restored back to relationship, for us to be restored back to our original purpose. And today, God, let that be a stirring inside of us. Stir us up, God, so that we can get back on track, so that we can return into your presence today. Lord, we thank you for this word, God. We love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.